1: You know, it just doesn't work. You got writer's block, basically. Right? There's Maybe there's no book in there, Graham. Maybe there's no book in there. What? No book in me? Yeah. Do you, <sighs> do you think there's a book in you?
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Some people say there's a book in everyone. I don't
0: smashing security episode 257 pokemon hunting cops and the spine collector scammer with carol terrio and graham clooley hello hello and welcome to smashing security episode 257 my name's graham Cluley.
1: and my name's carol terrio and this is the first
0: show of 2022 you should say that well yeah i was let you say that oh gonna... <laughs> well first time ever eh <laughs> <laughs> we're back we're back did you miss us folks did you miss us? I didn't miss
1: you much, Graham, but I missed oh. you, listeners.
0: <laughs> oh, listeners, plural. Wonderful. And uh, it's just you and me, isn't it, Carole? No special guest this week, and for a very, very good reason. Yes. Can I tell people how you're busy, Carole? Not really. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, if we have a guest on, it requires a little bit more work, the editing, yada, 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 yada. But Carole hasn't got very much time because Carole, ladies and gentlemen, is serving on a jury. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sounds quite exciting, Rob. What's the case all about? <laughs> okay,
1: okay, listeners, Grave has been calling me, I don't know, three times a day with questions, <laughs> trying to get information. And she won't tell me anything. It's like heavyweight, right? At the beginning of every show, he's like calling this person who's totally irritated. That was me.
0: All yeah. So um, yeah. Is it is it is it a big important case? No, I, don't, I can't talk about it. <laughs> Have you spoken to anybody about it? I can't talk about it because I read in the newspaper about a high profile case going on in America where one of the jurors blabbed to the media, and uh, it's caused some problems. Is your case about someone who may or may not? have a sweating problem uh, or uh, someone
1: <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny
0: how delicious the case is <laughs> oh oh well let's just get on with the show then
1: okay first let's thank this week's sponsors 1password and upticks it's their support that help us give you this show for free coming up on today's show Graham what do you got
0: there's a 2-1-2 in progress at the Crenshaw mall a 2-1-2 sorry okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) sounds fantastic we're gonna be rusty guys it's been a while and i'm talking about books you know those things that people read stories oh yeah
0: yeah okay
1: yeah and there's a security slant so exciting all this and much more coming up on this episode
0: of smashing security well chum chum picture the scene it was a busy saturday in downtown Los Angeles,
1: pre-pandemic.
0: <laughs> no, this is yeah, this is pre-pandemic. Okay, it's April the fifteenth, twenty seventeen. Oh,
1: the good days.
0: Yeah, well, not well, that good actually. Twenty seventeen. That's 2017. True. <laughs> that <was> pretty <laughs> that's shit. Not that great.
1: That was the worst. <laughs> See, was it? <laughs> Fuck.
0: There'd been a homicide earlier in the day, and there'd been more calls to the Southwest Division of the LAPD than police cars to respond to them. So things were things were pretty hectic. Okay, and a call comes through to Captain Darnell Davenport, the patrol commanding officer. There's a two one one in progress. You know what a two one one is, don't you, Carol? No, No. It's a robbery. Okay, it's police code for a robbery. Right. There's a two one one in progress. Multiple suspects at the Macy's department store in the Crenshaw Mall. And as chance should have it, Captain Davenport, he was actually stopped close to the Macy's department store. He could actually see it from where he was parked. Having a coffee or something, well, or donut, or whatever well, it is that policemen have. Whatever, having a break, maybe whatever. Parking. Well, who knows? Maybe just parked. Yeah, you know, writing notes. Yeah. Exactly, (laughs) perusing. And he could also see, not just the department store, he could also see another police car tucked away down an alley. Okay. Just a few feet away. So he's
1: like, I got a Bud Bud nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need some backup.
0: Well, well, the thing was, he noticed that the police car tucked down the alley didn't respond to the call over the radio. So he thought to himself, well, that's weird. But maybe it's a traffic unit, you know, or maybe it's from a different division.
1: Maybe he's having a pee. Like <laughs> there must be times. Like no, but there must be times when you leave your car to go do something. I suppose so. And you're you're otherwise could you answer if you're you know? Because they're not like Amazon a- delivery busy? drivers,
0: are they? It's not like they're doing it into water bottles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor, poor guys. Like just do they have to do the women drivers have to use sheepies? I don't- <laughs> I don't know. You don't even know what that is. You don't even know what that
0: I is. I do. Oh, okay. A she we, isn't it? A she we.
1: Oh, yes, she we. You're anyway. right, you're right, you're
0: right. Anyway, so Captain Davenport, he picked up his radio and he said, uh, Code 6 on the call. You know what Code 6 means? No. Oh, you don't know. How are you? I don't know anything. I've been in jury duty. Yes, but if you're on a jury, you should know this kind of parlance. This is... <laughs> no. This is all about no. the law. Yeah. A Code 6 means he was responding to the location, so he was going in, right? So he's like,
1: I know there's a robbery going on, I'm nearby, I'm yeah. going in, and he's alerting, like, whoever, the right. the, the controller, saying, this is what I'm… Uh, and he uh, might yeah, need okay. backup.
0: He might need backup, right? right. So there's actually yeah. robbery in progress, multiple suspects, Macy's department store. And as he's racing in, he sees the mystery police car reversing back down the alley and away from the scene of the robbery.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Right. Back at the police station, attempts were made to contact that police car, right? Ask them via radio to assist Captain Davenport as he investigated the robbery, as he did his code six at Macy's. But there was no reply from the police car. And so there was another police unit which was sent from the scene of the homicide I told you about earlier. It raced with lights flashing, sirens blare into Macy's to provide backup for this robbery.
1: So well, for the cop that was going in, for facing the cop the who was with going in, but yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. But there's still this mm-hmm. mystery of what was this other police car up to, and it was back at uh, the police station later on. Someone thought it's a bit, it's a bit odd, and he met up with the drivers of that police car later that evening. He, he bumped into them at a Seven Eleven parking lot where they were, you uh, know, topping up on their Dunkin' Donuts and their. Uh,
1: You're outrageous. Ninety
0: nine? What? No. What, what? Getting dinner. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah. Supper. (laughs) Supper. Sorry. Cornflakes. He asked them. I I always have breakfast cereal for supper. You see, I don't tend to have it in the morning. Good for you. So he asked them. (laughs) He asked these two policemen who'd been in the car. He said, "Uh, so did you hear the call for backup at Crenshaw Mall for the Mm. 211? He said. Mm. And uh, they said, oh, no, no, we didn't hear anything. Um, In fact, I was having a whaz. No, no, they weren't having a whaz or a wank or a wee or a pee <laughs> or anything like that. They had a better excuse. They said that they were replying to a code six at the local park. Where there'd been lots of really loud music, a, a really noisy PA system. And so they hadn't oh, heard dear. the radio because they said that, well, we were around the corner at the park. You know, oh, so noisy. Oh, our ear drums. And so uh, the police were a bit suspicious about these two guys. And so they decided to review the Dick V's. And the Dick V's.
1: (laughs) You're supposed to ask me if I know what they are.
0: (laughs) Do you know what Dick V is? Dick V's. No. No. (laughs) Dick V's is, again, I can't believe they've put you on the jury rather than me. Dick V's is the digital in-car video system.
1: Of course. Okay, yeah. Well, you see, I would have assumed right. most cops would have those in their cars now.
0: Well, yeah, they did They did have it. They had Dick V's. Yeah, okay. It's not just recording I didn't row. know what that
1: was called, that. I, is that what's it called, really? Like, a Dick V,
0: okay. D-I-C-V. D-I-C-V-S, Dick V's. Yeah. How yeah. else would you pronounce it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, it's not just recording the people on the road in front of them, or, you know, the the, the culprits and 'er ne'er-do-wells, but also the policemen too. Oh, because there's a microphone. Because there's a microphone and video and all the rest of it. So you can hear what the cops are saying. And it revealed that they had decided not to respond to the call. In fact, deliberately ignored it. And they'd laughed. And the multiple occasions when they were contacted via the radio... They said, oh, well, we, we were dealing with a Code 6 somewhere else, which is really odd, right? So why was that?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, I have well. no idea. I have no idea.
0: I'll tell I'm you barely why. barely clinging
1: on to your story. <laughs> I'll yeah. will tell you okay. why.
0: Tell me. I'm, I'm dying because to Because they weren't interested in catching robbers. but Instead, no. they were hunting for Snorlax and Togetic.
1: Okay. Are you could ask me? You could ask me.
0: Now, now do you know what Snorlax and Togetic are? No. They're Pokemon. Oh. They are flipping Pokemon. They are Pokemon monsters, which back in 2017, the whole world, they're they're like rare Pokemon, which the whole world was playing that, do you remember the Pokemon Go app? Do you know, is that back? Because.
1: Just today, I saw mm-hmm. a dad and their very young kid in a very rural location in Oxford on my route today. And I am, the kid was like holding the mobile phone and there was some right. kind of, and like I'm, I was, and the dad looked like he was done. <laughs> like he was not, <laughs> he was done. And uh, it was dark, you know. The and little and, Timmy uh, was John around
0: and said, I found, I found a snowbox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: But I think it was in a floodplain. I think it was in a floodplain. I think someone put it in a floodplain. So, right. like, Dad's, like, going, yeah, no, we're not going into the floodplain.
0: Well, the blit. the, the game still go. So, for that, anyone who doesn't know, Pokemon Go was, like, this virtual augmented reality game where you'd walk around in the days when we were allowed to walk around in the outside, yeah, and the pre runner you, would, you yeah. would look through your phone and you'd see obviously what your camera would see, but then it would also add Pokemon monsters, and you could catch them with your Pokédex. You could throw a ball at them and entrap them, and you could uh, <laughs> sort of you, you could build them up in Pokemon gyms and make them stronger and fight each other. They're basically virtual creatures, and what was happening back in 2017 was everyone was bonkers about this game, including, it seems. These two policemen, because the Digvies, the digital in-car video system, <laughs> captured for about 20 minutes oh. the two policemen discussing Pokemon as they drove to different locations where the virtual creatures had appeared on the so mobile phone. So they were like, oh... Hey,
1: we we could we could go in and help the guy who's gone in alone at Macy's to face the robbers and stuff. But actually, let's go get this monster. It's really
0: yes. close by. Let's go. Exactly. There's a. It's like right? a, oh, a Togetic has just popped up. Or uh, they, they were saying to each other, "Here on Crenshaw, just south of 50th, How we can pick up a Snorlax."
1: Embarrassing. And it also and there's caught, no kid in the car, right? No, no, there's no, no, no kid.
0: No, they're trying to no, entertain no, or anything. No, there's not
1: like no, little Timmy going. Please. No, it's,
0: it's not. Take Timmy to work day. <laughs> okay. That's not what's going on. These are two grown men, presumably with guns, because it's America, right? As well, who are spending the t- cops and they're cops. Yeah. Well, it's irrelevant, really. Anyway, on duty, they're, cops. They're on, on duty, duty, <laughs> duty cops. They're on duty cops. They're on duty. On duty. They're going around. And apparently they're caught saying, got him" or, you know, uh, go get it. Oh, don't run away. Don't run away. Uh, and but they're actually talking about Pokemon monsters. Exactly. Every time they say that. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap, man, this thing is fighting the crap out of me, says one of them to other. I've been ultra-balled. Which you is know, a if they'd been, they been smart, if they'd been smart and timed their timing
1: better to when actual big shit was going down, but actually stayed in the car and, you know, they could have probably pulled it off. You know, like the sound effects would have been perfect if they said, oh, I got him. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the Well, police- wow.
0: Mortifying. The policemen had their collars felt over this and they denied playing the game. They said they of were. Missed. They said, "Well, no, no, no." They said we were just having a conversation <laughs> about Pokemon we, Go. We have children. <laughs> yes. And they said, "Oh, yeah. oh no! I, I'd been receiving text messages and alerts from a Pokemon Go players group, and other people were bragging about their scores." They said, but <laughs> detectives thought maybe the police weren't telling completely the truth about this.
1: Well, because they had the audio, so that helps, <laughs> you know. So,
0: so these two <laughs> oh. cops. Louis Lozano and Eric Mitchell, they were found guilty of failing to re- respond to a robbery call, making misleading statements, failing to respond to the radio when contacted, playing Pokemon Go on duty. I don't know if that's a specific who, rule. Who, you know what? <laughs> who, who
1: makes Pokemon Go? Nintendo. Well, do they not have to respond to this? What? what? <laughs> and say, look, we're distracting officers of the law. We've built something that's a little too addictive. No.
0: Well, maybe they should. Yeah. Well, there was there were big concerns that, you know, kids could go into dangerous parts of town. Yes, you know, I remember. Yeah. Looking for these yeah, things. Yeah. Now, you might be wondering, why am I talking about this now if it's 2017? Because
1: mm-hmm, it's 2022 and you haven't had time to do enough research?
0: No, no. It's because these two cops, Lozano and Mitchell, the Pokemon Go fans, they appealed to... Their misconduct trial, where they were basically struck off as cops. So Okay, so they, they said, no, we weren't, really. Well, part of their argument was that the v's the uh, surveillance <laughs> system, the video in-car thing, it shouldn't be allowed to be used in this fashion. Because they said this was a personal conversation rather than anything to do with police. And, you know, should conversations you have in your car be private? What about if your car is provided to you by your employer? All of these devices with microphones now are collecting information. About so they tried to say, well, this is just outrageous. You know, we, we have basically been spied upon. And Before all-
1: you tell me what happened, okay, my immediate reaction to that is mm. like, okay, but you have a gun, <laughs> right? And you're out there trying to protect the public. You're video cammed and that, you know, there you go.
0: Yeah. They weren't being the best policemen, were they? And I'm afraid, well, maybe I'm not afraid, their appeal has now failed. But you can read more about it in the links in the show notes. But um,
1: Fascinating, though. And mortifying for them. (laughs) Like, it wasn't like they they were, there's no heroic angle to this.
0: Well, um, maybe their kids are impressed, because they got some really rare Pokemon.
1: Oh, yeah, well, we'll find out in 20 years when they have their own podcast. (laughs)
0: sell them as an nft my dad (laughs) i can't imagine your dad playing pokemon (laughs) crow what have you got for us this week
1: okay so let's say graham you want to write a book
0: oh yes i do
1: not yeah see i know you do okay and you don't want to write just any book do you you want to write the book
0: I want to write the book about you, Spotlight oh. on Carol. Wow. Okay, that's not weird. A clinical examination from a psychological viewpoint. <laughs>
1: okay, well, you'll a need a lot of co-host. experts to help you out there. <laughs> Let's say, for example, that you had trouble finding, you know, the engaging lead. Ah, uh, yes. You, you had trouble. You're writing a fiction book, maybe. Right. And you had trouble yeah. finding the struggle. Mm, you mm. had trouble finding, like, who suffers and who falls in love and all the yada yada.
0: And something to get people hooked right at the beginning, something juicy or a, right. a, a weird twist in the tail.
1: And maybe you're sitting there at your desk, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Maybe, on, you know, you'd have your
1: laptop and you just, yeah. you have a blank p- screen mm. and, you know, you're right. It was a cold night. Delete. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work. You got writer's block, basically. Right. There's maybe there's no book in there, Graham. Maybe there's no book in there. What? No book in me? Yeah. Do you, <sighs> do you think there's a book in you?
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Some people say there's a book in everyone. I don't think. <laughs> anyway, you want to be this best-selling, celebrated author, right? But you don't have a story. So what
0: do you do? Um, are you are you actually asking me what would I do? Yeah,
1: it's not rhetorical at this
0: stage. Well, see, yeah. I've, I've, I've sometimes wondered about this. And I thought what would be quite a clever idea would be to find a book written in a foreign language which hasn't been translated into English, maybe something from like 60 mm. years ago, and just translate it and then vlog it as my own
1: and hope that google translate does the really good job (laughs) for you (laughs) um so you're not alone clue there's someone else who's in Mm -hmm. this predicament Mm -hmm. filippo bernardini
0: Oh, filippo
1: okay 29 italian resident And he's been arrested. And maybe I should tell you first what happened to him. So you don't fall into the same sinkhole, like when you write your own book, right? Mm -hmm. Because this guy claims he wanted to, you know, write the book that ends all books. And he's looking for a plot. And interestingly, or very, uh, well, conveniently, perhaps, he works for a major publisher, Simon and Schuster. Oh, yes. Right? And Mm -hmm. he works as a low-level rights coordinator. I'm going to ask you.
0: What does a low-level rights coordinator mean? Well, well you've got your high-level rights, <laughs> and you've got your medium-level rights, but there are those ones which sort of float around your ankles, and those are the ones which really need to be coordinated.
1: <laughs> so I, I, it took me a while, right? Mm. I actually got someone else to do the recon on this because I couldn't find anything. But basically, it's like selling rights to books for translations, Ooh, Graham. hello. Yep audiobooks, TV movie versions, newspapers, that kind of thing. And how ah. much do you think they get paid on average? This is based on some weird page
0: on the internet. But <laughs> what do you think what do you think they get paid? I think they get paid 35,000 British pounds a year. Okay, half that. 18,000 pounds. Oh, that's not very generous.
1: Right. So so okay, so I'm just trying to build a picture for Filippo Bernardini. Yeah. Right? He's, you know, Low to mid-income, right? Working at a very huge publishing house,
0: 29. You would think Simon & Schuster could afford more than
1: that. But whatever. The problem is is that Filippo got arrested last Wednesday at JFK Airport in New York because mm-hmm. he's accused of basically impersonating the movers and shakers of the literati world in order to allegedly dupe authors into handing over... They're not yet published manuscripts or parts of them.
0: Hang on, hang on. When you yes. say he impersonated people <laughs> in the world of literature.
1: <laughs> okay, I should clarify. <laughs> was he dressing himself
0: up as Salman Rushdie or something?
1: What, what, what are you, yeah, he dressed up as Margaret Atwood, right. right? No, no, he didn't do any of that. He, of course, he used the easiest method that we all fall for. He used email. Ah. And he used phishing tactics and he, you know, cleverly hid eyes into ones and changed addresses and email addresses in order to convince people that he was writing from the right place. But, of course, he had a huge, uh, you know, Rolodex. Kids, that's like kind of like your contacts list. But he had a (coughs) Rolodex of really important names, right? Because he worked at Simon & Schuster and he would have had access to all that
0: information. Oh, and because he's part of that industry… The people who he does deal with are sometimes dealing with big, big authors.
1: So, in the interview with the bookseller in 2019, Margaret Atwood confirmed that there had been concerted efforts to steal the manuscript of her book, The Testaments, which came out, I think, last year or the year before. But, you know, trying to get it before it was released. And she says, quote, there were loads of phony emails from people trying to winkle even just three pages, even just anything she noted.
0: Hmm. So, would he send an email? Margaret at Wood <laughs> or something like that. What what was that? <laughs> You know what's that uh, Scandi book? The Scandi um Oh, Stieg Larsson. St- Stieg
1: Larsson's Millennium series.
0: Yeah, 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 the girl with the dragon tattoo, all yes. that stuff,
1: yeah. Right, right, right. So okay, so apparently when he was writing it, but he died at the third book. Yeah, I think he died during yeah. the series. Yeah. But anyway, like apparently he was like no one could see anything, right? Like everything is just like under lock and key. Um, and there was all these kind of crazy ways like you would only get it when it was done because he didn't
0: want it to leak because it was so such hot property. Oh, the publishers don't want people getting advanced yeah. copies and par it's a bit like JK Rowling. If she's yeah. got a new Harry Potter book. Or um who's that Da Vinci code chap?
1: Exactly. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So
0: it's like a big yeah. it's a big media event. It's all under lock and key and you can't have copies. But if they're being translated I suppose they are being distributed, aren't they, to various or some people? Well, they're,
1: they're being distributed to specific people, probably right. for like, make the cover art from these four chapters, please, oh. or from this description. There must be loads of reasons why you'd send segments of your book. And he would take advantage of this, is the allegation why he's been arrested. And he would email them pretending to be maybe their agent
0: or their right. editor.
1: Right. And say, hey, hope you're great. Can you just resend me the link to the manuscript?
0: Um, you know?" Because I've deleted it accidentally or something, right? Whatever. But if he was sometimes stealing just a few pages from the likes of Margaret Atwood, how's that going to help him? How's he going to compile well, some sort of book with a bit of this and a bit of that? It's going to be some sort of Frankenstein's that. monster, isn't it?
1: That's really interesting, because I wonder if he came up with that afterwards. Like, well, I think what he was doing right. was collecting all these little bits and then probably going to put them underground for 30 years and then come up and go, you see, now that Blah Blah is dead, I have the writings, you know, that they never put out. I don't know.
0: Or he could claim that they stole it from him, but he still has some.
1: Oh, yeah. He was the original. Right. Ri- he had an email. Yes. Yes. But he was first rumbled way back in 2016 with someone working on the fifth dragon tattoo book, right? Right. Still, you know, huge deal. And the recipient felt something was off about the email asking to reset a password, giving access to the Hush Hush manuscript. Mm -hmm. So they contacted the... A apparent sender by another means. So let's say they were dealing with Jessica, right? Instead of emailing, replying to the email, they called Jessica and quickly figured out that there was a scam going on because Jessica's going, I never asked you to send me that. Right. And they're going, well, I just got an email. And apparently while they were having this conversation, there was another request <laughs> on the email while they were chatting on the phone. So uh, this is all into an article uh, from The Vulture. I will put a link. It's worth reading. So this, this,
0: this guy was quite active. How long was he doing this for? 200 authors he went after. 200? He was
1: called the Spine Collector.
0: Oh, that sounds... That's, that would book be... Book Spine. That, I know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, That would yeah. be... <laughs> but that would be, that'd be quite a good name for a book. The Spine well, Collector, wouldn't it? Maybe that's what he was doing
1: all along. He now has his story. So, like, journalists, like, this is going on in 2016, right? Journalists pick up on the story, dig in for a while, couldn't figure out who it was because every clue just turned out to be another spoofed email address. And apparently he'd always imitate the writing style of the person. So, obviously someone with insider knowledge of
0: how people act and write. But did he ever ask for a ransom or did he ever, you know, no. post up and he didn't do Instagram? anything.
1: he didn't do anything with the manuscripts either.
0: Oh, what a weirdo. Allegedly. Well, maybe he was working on that, allegedly. <laughs> well, well, after um, that many years, allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly.
1: <laughs> the allegation, alleged, no, the allegation is definitely that he uh, used his insider knowledge of the industry to get authors to send him their unpublished books and text by posing as agents, publishing houses, and literary scouts. And he's been charged with wire fraud and identity theft for a scheme that prosecutors said affected hundreds of people for more than five years.
0: It's a bit odd, isn't it? I mean, it's almost like he's collecting these just for his own entertainment. It's a bit like, um, you know, someone who's collecting art, but can never show it because it's been stolen. It's a
1: power thing. And it would be totally worth a lot of money. The story afterwards being able to say, and then I stole this from this person. Like he was basically building his novel by stealing the stuff.
0: right? Mm.
1: Or he wasn't
0: at all involved. Exactly. And I think that's and important. And he's very innocent. That's important for us to stress. However, if he were to be found guilty... We will talk again about it. What's going to happen to him, allegedly?
1: <laughs> well, allegedly, huge, huge years. I think it was like something like 50 years he was facing or something ridiculous. We'll see what happens. It is in America. I don't know. But more interestingly, did
0: you know that Ethan Hawke was also affected by this? And I was just interested that he, he wrote... I think he's written a few. He's the guy from Before Sunset, isn't he, with Julie Delpy? Right.
1: I think not he, where I know him from, but I can't remember what movie I uh, Wasn't he, he, was he in
0: Gattaca as well? Um, these are all movies I haven't seen, obviously. Uh, but he, yeah, I think he's written a few books, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Is he cute and smart? Well, you don't know he's smart just because he's written well, a book.
1: Well, you haven't written a book.
0: What? Well, Q-E-D. <laughs> Start the year off right with 1Password University. Our chums at 1Password have always been about helping you stay protected, private, and productive, whether you use its password manager or not. With 1Password University, they are putting their many years of security expertise to work, creating fun, dynamic, and free learning resources for people of all skill levels. So, start off 2022 right and learn how to make the most of your one account features, find out how to build a culture of security in your workplace, or discover why reusing the same password across multiple accounts puts you at risk. Learn at your own pace and discover how to form an entire ecosystem of tools and tactics that can help you stay safe on the internet. Whether you're a business leader or a home user, 1Password University has a free course for you. Go on, check it out now. Find out more. Try 1Password University for free at www.smashingsecurity.com university.
1: We are also sponsored by Uptix. Uptix is a cloud-native security analytics platform built to protect the modern attack surface. Uptix zeroes in on blind spots that are preventing you from identifying and responding to existing threats and vulnerabilities in your ecosystem. Plus, Uptix normalizes telemetry across macOS, Linux, Windows, and containers, records system activity for historical investigation even when no alert has fired, and enables you to build complex custom detections. In short, Uptix provides observability across both cloud workloads and endpoints in a single, centralized platform visit smashingsecurity.com/upticks forward slash upticks, that's u p t y c s to learn more about its cloud native security analytics platform
0: and thanks to upticks for sponsoring the show and welcome back and you join us at our favorite part of the show the part of the show that we like to call pick of the week pick of the week pick of the week, pick of the week. <laughs> Pick of the week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security related necessarily. Better not be. <laughs> now, Carol Graham, we're big fans on this podcast of the Smashing Security Podcast. It's one of our favourite podcasts. In fact, right? It's
1: it's it's just stellar. It's five th- years. Do you know it's been going for five years?
0: Do you know? This week is the 30th anniversary of me working in the cybersecurity industry. 30 years. I can't believe you just said that on air. 30 years of me just wibbling on, telling people to turn on multi-factor authentication. <laughs> anyway, I've often wondered, I thought, are there any other podcasts out there like Smashing Security, which maybe aren't about cybersecurity, but are about something else instead?
1: Wouldn't that be wonderful?
0: Wouldn't, wouldn't Let me introduce to you. Like a parallel universe version of Smashing Security, which I've discovered.
1: Okay. Google Pest Control, marketer, grow your business like never before. Good song. 9930004. They've
0: got a great song, one of the best songs I've ever heard about pest control marketing. Hello, folks, it's Hal Coleman, and welcome (laughs) to another episode of. Pest control marketing. So, uh, what, are you, two what are you seeing here? Okay, so...
1: <laughs>
0: one of them's like me and one of them's uh, like you, I thought.
1: Yeah, I think actually we are. Yes!
0: There's a similarity.
1: He's an artist, obviously, because he's got a lot of
0: pictures, a lot of art going on. My guy. That's Hal. You're Hal Coleman. Yeah. And the other guy is Mike.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> and they're very knowledgeable about pest control marketing. And they do this every couple of weeks. Incredible, it's very entertaining. Um,
1: I, I, I. How, how, how do you end up on this? Do you have a pest problem?
0: <laughs> no, I don't have a pest problem. No, no, I have no infestations currently. I'm. Do fine. they do
1: STD stuff as well?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm whoa. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sheesh. But they also, uh, Hal Coleman and Mike Stewart, other than helping pest control companies improve their marketing with regular podcasts and live streams, they also have a sister site called Pest Control Marketing Jingles. Hey, okay. can I see that as well? Oh yeah, go to pestcontrolmarketingjingles.com. And they've got, uh, well, they're showing off their 40 year experience and expertise at writing and producing jingles and audio ads. That you can trust. Google can't turn my count on us. Call 770 or 791598 today. Now, admittedly, some of them do sound a bit similar. Google volunteer, rid of pest, nobody bu- But I reckon if you've got a winning formula, don't mess with Google it. Google cat termite and pest control If you've got bugs, don't hesitate Call 770-479-1598 <laughs> Although they're not afraid to try something a bit more experimental. Pest control that you
1: can trust Google cat and termite, count on us 704791598 Graham, we are in our fifth year. Don't you think it's time to bring me a present? Oh. We could ask them to do a jingle for us. Oh. <laughs> you know.
0: I think they only do jingles for pest control firms. I'm not sure they like to branch out beyond that they they know what they're good at
1: i'm reading the testimonials about people who have used their jingles they sound super excited the first day my jingle played on social media i started getting phone calls sure some were some sure some were some were, were some were for i can't speak sure some were for, for i can't do it
0: you can't speak any longer i'm done a
1: great jingle will make you money for years and will imprint your business in the minds of listeners forever.
0: They've got country cockroaches, <laughs> classic smooth, Nashville. I guess it could be because, I mean, we do have bugs in cybersecurity. Maybe we could. We
1: don't need oh, to. Yeah.
0: We don't need to tell them
1: that we're not. Yeah, plausible deniability. See, legal right? terms.
0: Oh, you're learning. Anyway. I'll I'll subscribe. I think you might get a lot from it because I know you've had pest problems. (laughs) And like I said, I think Hal is you, Mike is me. And I know a lot of our listeners do actually run pest control companies and may be interested in improving their marketing. Then this is an excellent resource for them to go to. And that is why it is my pick of the week. Okay, mine's a little
1: bit more highbrow. Okay, this is one I should do with a guest on because they would save me. They'd buffer you from from your <laughs> wrath. okay, it's a podcast. right. Think with Pinker with Stephen Pinker.
0: Stephen, is he famous? Is he someone I should know?
1: Oh dear. yes he's quite a
0: well-known intellectual thinker about oh, is he one of these rational re- has he written a book is that is he one of them?
1: Uh, yeah, he's written a few books, right? And uh, you know, he also teaches at universities, and you know, has podcasts, and does all kinds of stuff. And he's a really weird
0: guy. Now, he's also Canadian, I think. I don't. He know is. I, I just, doubled- I just looked him up. He's he is right. Okay, a Canadian I he was. psychologist. He's got crazy hair.
1: Yeah, he's crazy looking, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's crazy looking. Um. And he's crazy sounding as well. So it makes for an interesting show. And there's a podcast called Think with Pinker. And the whole idea is kind of, actually, maybe I should give you one of the dilemmas. Let me give you a dilemma, gram, Okay. Okay. So there are three big pots in front of you. Okay. Right. And um, one of them has a car underneath it. Okay. Big pot. Okay. One has a car underneath the pot. Very big pot. <laughs> big pot. All right. Okay. And the other two do not have a car. Maybe they have like elephants.
0: Okay. Again, and a huge, huge pots or small elephants.
1: You're a busy guy. You don't drink coffee. Right. You don't want to take care of, you know,
0: fucking elephants,
1: right? You don't want to be in, you know, how do you get rid of that? Who do you call? How do you handle that? Oh, yeah.
0: When you have an elephant dumped on you, it's a real pain. Right? How are you going to deal with it? You don't want to be dumped on no. by the elephant either. And the exactly. dustman won't take them away. It's just, right. you know, yeah, it's a nuisance.
1: So I say, okay, choose the car. You've got pot one, pot two, pot three. One, right. two has elephants, one has a car, go. Okay. And so you make a selection. So, you know, one, two, three, make yeah. a choice. Yeah. Make
0: a choice, make a choice. Well, can I look under the pots? No. Nope. Oh.
1: Just make a choice.
0: Can I listen, to see if nope. there's an elephant <laughs> inside?
1: <laughs> the roar of the engine. Okay, all or... right, all right,
0: all right. One, there you go. All right. I'll okay, number one.
1: one. I'm lifting up one. My, me and my 18 men are lifting up the pot, right? Right. And we lift up the pot, and there's an elephant underneath. Okay, well, okay.
0: that wasn't entirely fair. No, no, girl. it's okay. It's because okay. you were going to say that whatever number I said.
1: <laughs> okay, but maybe I said okay. Maybe I say you have another choice now. You can go again. You right. can go again. Right. You can go again.
0: Oh okay. no. Okay, I did it wrong. I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually Noam Chomsky?
1: <laughs> no, is Noam um, Chomsky
0: under one of these? Okay, pots?
1: you said one. You said one. Okay. Turns out that and was I correct. Say, okay. No, I say okay. No, good. I say good for you. I'm going to lift up number three, right? And I what? lift up number three, right. right, to show you. Maybe the car's underneath. Maybe an elephant. It's an elephant. Oh, okay? okay. So now mm-hmm. you've got fifty-fifty now, right? It's yeah. elephant and car. You're like much higher stakes. I'm saying to you now, like, okay, you get to go again. You get to I vote again. Do you like want to stick? Oh, okay. Do you <laughs> want to do you want to stick with one, or do you want to go? Do you want to go with two? That do you awesome. wanna, do you, I'll this stick is what with... the podcast is like. St-
0: <laughs>
1: uh, it's not at all. I I'm could, so pivoted. I could be listening to the,
0: uh, the Pest Control Marketing podcast right now. Uh, <laughs> can I, I
1: just tell you, Bill Gates goes on this podcast, okay? So it's like a really smart podcast. There's lots of cool stuff on the podcast.
0: It's not very useful, I'm... is it? This is not a likely scenario no. to happen. Okay, no. All right, but I'll can stick on one. I'll keep stick... Playing with... I will stick on number one.
1: Okay, you know what? What? Worst decision you've ever made in your life. Well, that's not fair. Okay, because now you have an elephant. What? Because so when you made your first choice, you had a third of a probability of getting. So you always switch. They give you a new opportunity to vote and you have a smaller amount of options. Switch. Just switch. Why? Because, because probably dictates that you must. It makes sense to do it. No, it doesn't. You've got to do it. (laughs) No, it does. It does not.
0: It does.
1: No. No, He chose to lift number
0: three. Can I tell you what
1: happened? Right before the show, I I, I had all my notes, okay, for this bit, bit, and I lost them. I did a cut and paste, and I did another cut. So I lost my notes. So I'm actually going to sound like an idiot right now. So listeners, I'm depending (laughs) on you. Can you explain to Graham via Twitter, email, whatever your means are, why he has to switch? Okay. I disagree. Okay, but that just shows you're an idiot and you should listen to the podcast. So, listeners, if you think you need to stick, <laughs> I don't even think he brings it up on the podcast, but it's, these are the kind of issues that you will hear about. So, you want to listen to, if you're like me, are you, you sound, on a please. jury?
0: Are you actually judging <laughs> whether people? I'm not should, judging anything. Well, are you, no, but are you determining the guilt or innocence of somebody? And this is. I cannot is-
1: confirm. That's very personal, Graham, and inappropriate. <laughs> Just think with Pinker.
0: I think the defence could bring this up. They could bring this up against you. Just just play this bit of the podcast.
1: Edited. (laughs) So, my pick of the week. I'm going to do this whole bit again. Should we do this again?
0: No, it's great. I I think you've explained (laughs) it perfectly. Everyone wants to listen to this now. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week.
1: Wow! Don't maybe I should do it again one more time. Let me no, just it, do was it, more time. it was great.
0: It was Tersie Crowe. It was perfect. <laughs> I
1: have to edit it.
0: It was perfect. You don't have to edit that at all. That is perfect as it was. Don't forget. Next week we might have a guest. It all depends on whether Crowe is still on our jury service or not. Pray for me. Until then, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at SmashInSecurity, no G, Twitter the Last last have a G, and also join us on the Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget, to ensure you never miss another episode, follow Smash Insecurity in your favourite podcast app, such as Spotify, Overcast, and Apple Podcasts.
1: And seriously, ginormous shout outs to this episode sponsors, 1Password and Uptix, and to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to all of you that the show is free for everybody. For episode show notes, sponsorship information, guest lists, and the entire back catalogue of way too many episodes, check out smashingsecurity.com.
0: Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye. There's three enormous pots. One of them has a car, two of them have elephants. I say number one, your guy Pinker lifts number three and says it's an elephant.
1: Do you remember Deal or No Deal? It's the same idea as this. Yes. When you get to the end and you have two boxes left, or you've gone from three boxes to two... You yeah. always switch in order to create your probability to be 50 50 rather than a third. Because the first time you made the choice, it was no. a third, third, third. Uh. And then when you have the next <laughs> choice, it's half, half. This
0: is nonsense. This is nonsense.
1: It doesn't mean you're actually going to win if you do it the way I'm saying. I'm just saying you increase your probability in my changing. You're not increasing your probability. Um. Can I just say I got 97% in high school probability, so you don't want to mess with me. And that was high school. Seriously.